Hello and welcome to Cinema Theology, the space where theology and film meet. I am one of your co-hosts, Hadid Cortez, and I am joined my, by the other co-host, which is... Josias Flores, it's a pleasure to be back, and we have a good movie for you today, as always. Uh, we're actually covering The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, I had not seen this movie until you recommended it, uh, and I think there is a lot that we can talk about here. So, so before we delve into like the themes and stuff, can you give us a quick synopsis for those of, of, of our audience who haven't seen this movie or are not familiar with the actual Tammy Faye? Yeah, no problem. So, The Eyes of Tammy Faye is a movie that came out, uh, I believe, two years ago. Um, and it follows, again, the life of Tammy Faye, uh, for the most part, and uh, her religious experience. Now, it's very interconnected with her first husband, um, Jim Baker, and uh, they kind of follows the, their relationship before like their courtship, their marriage, their uh, ministry as they developed a, a puppet ministry and then developed uh, a TV ministry um, where they they created something called the, the 700 Club and uh, PTL Ministries that became really popular in the 80s. And then also ultimately their, their demise, uh, the demise of the ministry, uh, Jim Baker's conviction and uh, going to jail. And then uh, Tammy Faye kind of, what happened with her afterwards and, and kind of the end of that. So it tries to follow a, a major part of Tammy Faye's life and depict the rise and fall, so to speak, of, of this infamous couple in the 80s. Yeah. From what I, what I gather, it's it's structured much like a like musical biopic, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Or in a Christian circle, you have the I Can, I Can Only Imagine movie. Have you seen that that one? Yes, I have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that. so I think it's structured very similarly because the the movie starts in like in media res at the at her big performance that comes right comes back at the end, and then it flashbacks to her childhood, and we follow her throughout her, you know, th- her meeting her husband and forming her ministry, and the the low point when the ministry gets caught up in a scandal, her husband goes goes to prison, and then at the end she seemingly like comes back. So I think it follows that musical biopic formula uh, very well. You know, I thought this was a very interesting movie. I hadn't I was not familiar with Tammy Faye. Uh I was not familiar with Jim Jim Baker before and I know there's a long history of televangelists that have been caught up in scandals, um, but I was not familiar with this one. And I thought it was a very interesting movie just because of how it portrays real life events. And it presents them through, I think, an alternative point of view, because we might expect the story to be told traditionally through maybe the eyes here of Jim Baker. But in this movie the story, the scandal, everything is presented through the eyes of Tammy Faye. And that's why I think the film is called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, We see it through the eyes of Tammy Faye. But you're totally right. It is very much filmed like a a musical biopic. And it's really focused on Tammy Faye. It's not focused on Jim Baker. He's very much like supporting cast in the movie. It's really focused on her. And she was famous for her eyes. I mean, she was very well known for her for her makeup, uh, for better or for worse. Some people um, 
found inspiration in that some communities and some other communities uh, made fun of it. And so her eyes were famous and uh, the the film then picks up on that theme and begins by like focusing on her eyes, ends on focusing on her eyes. And throughout the movie, you really kind of see reality for the most part through her eyes. Um, and uh, and the movie's about her. Jessica Chastain must be said, she did an incredible job in this movie. Uh, she really kind of lost herself in the role, in my opinion, where you don't even recognize as Jessica Chastain. I mean, it's it's amazing, and she yeah, I she think, pulls off that like thick Minnesotan accent. Yes, she does, and I think uh, the the Oscar that she received that was well deserved because she has a fantastic performance. I think that's really the highlight of the film. Other than that, uh, the film itself, I think you know it has it's. It has some drawbacks, uh, but the acting by Jessica Chastain is, is simply incredible. Dila, what were your other thoughts about the film? Yeah, I would also add to that. Of course, Jess, Jessica Chastain uh, gives a an A-list performance, and that's why she won the Oscar. I would also add that Andrew Garfield is also very believable as the character he plays as well. I, For me, I agree with you. The movie is not that good overall aside from the performances and uh, some of the themes that we'll talk about later but I think what it mainly struggles with is focus because as we're going to see later they bring up a lot of interesting discussions topics related to the story of Tammy Faye but what I think would have benefited the film more was to be more focused because by the time it ended I was struggling with what I was taking away from it. At some points, it feels like it's going to be a a um, a critique on the prosperity gospel. At some other points, it's talking about, like, compassion. At some other points, it seems like it's, like, the Christian fundamentalist conservatism against, like, uh, a more liberal point of view. But I think the film kind of, like, touches on these topics quickly and then abandons them for something else. So the film isn't really focused as far as I see it. That's a that's a very good point, and I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, that there's not a clear message, at least that I took away from it. And um, yeah, uh, it's an interesting uh, perspective. I think the movie. It seems to me that it was like made by non-Christian people trying to depict the Christian culture. And I think you can tell sometimes in the way and the choices that they make. Uh, and so sometimes the the way that they depict the Christ, like Christian uh, communities and this kind of like uh, fundamentalist Christian uh, environment, it seems uh, somewhat unrealistic or uh, caricatured in some sense. Like it doesn't seem as deep because, the, again, in my opinion, it seems like the people who, who made the film maybe haven't necessarily been a part of that community. Uh, And so they're just kind of uh, really overlaying their own perception of what it is. And it's kind of, at some point, um, just, I don't know, it's it's just like a a stereotype, maybe, of, of what an actual Christian community might be. Yeah, at certain points, I didn't know if the it was the filmmaker's intention to actually portray Christianity as it is, or if it was trying to make a satire of Christianity. But nevertheless, I think even though we do not like 
a lot of aspects of this film. I think there's a lot to talk about, particularly how it portrays to theology and scripture and all that stuff. And I think a lot of that is found just by the, ex- the, the, the religious experience of Tammy Faye. And I think you have a little bit to say about that. Yes. So I found this very interesting how at the beginning of the movie, you know, Tammy Faye is depicted as someone who's outside of her religious community. She's not allowed to go to church. She's not allowed to take part in uh, kind of that, that church life. And the reason is because her being a daughter of a previous marriage for her mom, uh, her being in the church space would remind people that this lady, uh, Rachel Jones, I believe her name is, is divorced. And so she keeps her way, you know, um, and really is like abused, emotionally abused because of, of this reality mm-hmm. in her life. And so... Already we have a depiction that she's disconnected from her Christian community, even though she has a strong desire to be a part of it. And it's ultimately in the moment when, um, like a, maybe like a non-Christian person might say she has a performance, right? She starts speaking in tongues uh, and then she kind of loses control of her vows, uh, that she's recognized by the Christian community. Uh, of course, a Christian might say she had like an actual religious experience and, uh, and that's what connected her to the community. But it seems as if, the you know the filmmakers are going for the former because at the end of the movie we also have again it's like a disconnect between tammy Faye's experience and her and the christian community when she's performing for the university uh and she's you know envisioning this grand performance you know there's like a huge american flag on furl in the background she has like a choir singing behind her and then they kind of transition to the way that the the crowd is watching it and it's really underwhelming so so again it's this depiction that the way that Tammy Faye sees her her Christian experience is is uh, like magnified compared to the rest of the community, and also that when she's performing, it's like she feels connected to to her Christian her Christian community. And so throughout her life, you know, we see that her singing was something that she really developed. Uh, and um, in the height of PTL, that's really kind of what what it was about too. Uh, this performance in some sense that Tammy Faye could put on and, and Jim Baker also. So uh, I think also the way that they use the puppet too during the movie, and they kind of have this for a majority of the movie, you know, she used to not only when she was in front of a camera or in front of children, but also with her husband and in some situations. And so it's like, it was a way to tap into something that will help her connect to other people, right? Something that may not really be, who she was in some cases, she had to like become someone else. I'm not sure, but it seems like the movie is, is kind of trying to tap into this idea. And it really ties into like, what is a real religious experience? You know, what, and, and what is the connection or disconnection? What is the compare and the contrast between religious seal and, you know, human um, community uh, and maybe human ambition even? Uh, when we transition into talking about Jim Baker and, and what he tried to do. But what do you think, Bilo? Yeah, I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I remember the first scene, and I, well, not the first scene, but one of the first scenes in the movie, she's sitting down with her family and she's talking about her, about church with her mom. And like, she's, I want to go to church. And her mom's like, you can't go because uh, they'll they'll shun us. Uh, we'll be excluding you. Your family will go to hell, basically. Um. And then she starts crying and her mother tells her, stop performing. And I think now that you mentioned how she's like connects two people through performance, I think is uh, is one of the main 
topics, main themes of the film, how performance and sincerity kind of have this tug of war. I want to ask you, you mentioned that Tammy Faye often performs and that's how she feels connected. How does that relate to sincerity? Because in according to my perspective, even though she is constantly performing, singing, um, you know, crying in front of camera, it does feel like she has a genuine love for people. She genuinely believes in what she is saying. So what is the intersection between performance and sincerity? Because I think most people would say that they are opposites. I I agree with you that definitely Tammy Faye is portrayed in the movie. Again, I don't I don't really know the real life situation well enough. But in the movie, she's portrayed as being sincere. Yeah. Uh, she does not have ulterior motives. She's not trying to manipulate <laughs> people directly, right? If she does, it's not something that she's seeking to do. And so she has good intentions. She has the best intentions. It's almost like the only way that she would be accepted is by by her, quote, performances. But it doesn't come from a place of uh, insincerity or, you know, deceit or trying to manipulate people. It's definitely very much like a place of connection. And And I think the way that it connects to our experience is that a lot of times in churches, People feel like they have to be a certain way in order to be accepted, right? Like you have to dress a certain way or you have to say the, the certain words, mm-hmm. the right things, or or you're not really part of the community or you'll be shunned in some experiences. Um, and I think that the movie definitely touches on that theme with Tammy Faye, that in order for her to be taken seriously in her Christian community, she had to look or behave a certain way. And she learned how to do that kind of as a way to, yeah. to survive in her Christian experience. And so definitely there's like an interplay, like, yes, there is performance for sure, but there's also at the same time survival, you know, <laughs> it's like her, her survival as a Christian and her, her, her need to connect with other people. This was like the only way that she found to, to get that. And, and it's a really just uh, interesting thing as we consider about our own experiences, like how do we, how do we allow other people in our religious communities or, or what is expected of ourselves or others? And um, what, is, what does the Bible really say about that? Uh, anyway, it's just a, a, a thought that definitely came into my mind as, as I watched and analyzed the movie. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really important part of the, of the film. And I think it's kind of contrasted by Jim Baker. Because as you say, you know, uh, Tammy Faye, even though she's performing, she's sincere in what she believes. But I think it also portrays how other people can take that performance, that sincerity, and kind of exploit it. And I think that's portrayed throughout the film with Jim Baker. Because he kind of uses his relationship with her. He uses her puppet ministry that she believes and she loves so much to kind of make a name for himself and get the, the 700s club started. Uh, later on, I found it really interesting that when their second uh, child is born, their son is born, the first thing he tells her is like, yes, we told uh, the people on TV and we got so many donations. So he's kind of using that aspect of the relationship to exploit other people. And as the as, when um, Tammy Faye kind of is unfaithful to him and he tells her, you know, I forgive you, but you're going to have to confess in front of like a, t- a live television audience. You notice that when she's on stage and she's crying, she's confessing. You see Jim Baker look over to the telephones that are ringing with kind of like a, like a smile like, yes, this is working. 
Yeah. I think it, it's really interesting how they portray her sincerity in her performance and how that is exploited by her husband. And I want to touch on her husband, Jim Baker, uh, for a little bit. The first time that we meet him is actually at Bible College with Tammy Faye. And uh, here we touch upon something that he says. Uh, he quotes th- uh, third of uh, John, the th- uh, third epistle of John, uh, chapter one, verse two, which says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And here we're kind of introduced to like the prosperity gospel as preached by uh, not only Jim Baker, but many televangelists even now. Um, And I think one of the things that the film tries to touch upon is a critique of this type of theology. Because we just this is the only time when we hear it an actual like the reasoning behind the prosperity gospel and that the Bible says uh God says through us to the Bible that he wants us to prosper and then Jim Baker takes that takes that to mean yes, he wants us to have money, he wants us to have things, he wants us to be happy in this life, and that's kind of what, what he preaches. And whenever we come to Jim Baker preaching, he's always preaching some something related to this, you know, hitch up your wagon to God and he will make your dreams come true. Um, and at the end, when he's in prison, I think it's interesting that he, one of the things he tells Tammy, Tammy Faye is, you know, I've been thinking about my ministry and all the things we preached. And he kind of asked Tammy Faye, were we really preaching to other people that God wouldn't love them if they were poor? And the way it's portrayed that right there is like Jim Baker is kind of like reflecting. He's becoming like he became aware of like what he was actually telling people. And what one of the things we touched upon with Tammy Faye was her sincerity and what she preached. And I think there's an, a level of sincerity that uh, which w- with which they portray Jim Baker as well, because I think they kind of portray him kind of drinking his own Kool-Aid, if that makes sense. And we see this in the way that he talks about uh, how God wants him to have this stuff. You know, at the beginning, he gets a car and Tammy Faye's like, how did you get this? We have no money. And he's like, we got a loan from the bank. God told me that he wanted us to have this car. And later on, when they have the 700 Club, they go over to Pat Robertson's house. And he says, God told me he wants me to have what Pat Robertson has. And we see him using this, this ex- not excuse, but he, he uses this type of reasoning. I need everything that I'm, that I'm striving for because God wants me to have it. So I think this introduces one of the main themes of the film, which is how do we discern between our will... And God's will. What do you think about that? I think that's a fascinating study into the movie. And I think you're right on because the movie definitely touches on this. And it's, it really kind of walks the line between what is human ambition and what is God led, you know, uh, leadership. And, and it's definitely unclear as to where Jim Baker lands. Like he, he also seems to be sincere, but at the same time, it's almost like he got a, he got caught up in, the uh in kind of the ambition side so not ambition but kind of the results right like what god would give him that he kind of forgot what he was doing in the first place so i do think that like you said he drank his own kool-aid in the sense that he believed what he was saying was true like he seemed sincere and that's part of the appeal right that's part of what people believed him because it seems since he sincerely believed these things but when he started gaining more and more 
it seemed like those things, which were supposed to be the result of the sincerity, ended up becoming the main thing. So instead of saying, well, if God takes away just like God gave, I'm still trusting God. It's like, no, if, if things are taken away, then it's almost like, you know, what what God had done is, is not real or he's not there anymore or, or whatever the case may be. So there's this portrayal that like in order to be good with God uh, or to keep doing God's will, you have to keep going bigger. And that's kind of what <laughs> what the, the movie depicts with Jim Baker. Like he has to keep going bigger. Otherwise, it's like he's not then following God properly. And the crazy thing about it is, is that as a result of that, that's when he gets into the legal issues and he starts doing unethical things because the mentality is if I'm truly following God, then he, I should be getting bigger and bigger, getting more and more. And if I'm not, then maybe I'm not doing God's will properly. Uh, And I think that's a really slippery slope. That's a dangerous game to play. And it's not really, the model that Jesus gave us, right? I mean, when we look at Jesus, he said that like foxes have holes and birds of the earth have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Like Jesus was homeless here on earth. And he said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. Not a symbol of prosperity, by the way. Cross is a symbol of of, of really being the lowest in society and uh, kind of the ultimate shame. And, and then Jesus says, and follow me. And so, um, there's this there's this balance, you know, that we that that's important. Um, now, it's tough because you know the Bible also has parts. In, for example, Deuteronomy twenty eight thirteen, right? This is the promises, uh, the and the curses of the covenant, right? As as Moses is finishing his like last discourse in the book of Deuteronomy, and in Deuteronomy twenty eight thirteen, uh, we see there that um, that. You know, Moses goes on to tell the people, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Right? Can I stay faithful to the to the covenant? And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. So it's like, well, that seems like in that verse and kind of like the first verse that, that Jim Baker brought up in, in the Bible college that we're exposed to is this idea that like, well, no, God wants us to keep going up and wants us to be the head, doesn't want us to be the tail. And then you have Jesus and he's asking us to sacrifice and to give up our things and follow him and take up the cross. And so it's like, as a Christian, how do we know then what is the the balance between sacrifice and prosperity, right? Like, how do we then understand what does it really look like to follow Jesus? Um, and I think, honestly, we need to just be okay with sacrifice. Like, that's as a Christian, understand that poverty doesn't mean we don't have God's favor or, or we're not doing things right. And at this, on a similar note, prosperity doesn't mean we're doing things well or, you know, God is with us. Uh, so there's kind of understanding that God's will is not necessarily tied to a social status or to how much money is in the bank. God's will for a person and for a community uh, depends sometimes on the circumstances. And it's not just tied down to this is exactly what it has to look like. What do you think about that, though? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. For me, it comes down to how do we define prosperity? Because I think in this film, they portray prosperity as meaning uh, power and wealth, which is ultimately what Jim Baker's after. But I think a, a biblical interpretation of prosperity doesn't necessarily translate to earthly power and earthly wealth. But I think it relates more to 
our st- like our relationship with God and our prosperity with our families as well. I think we can prosper even though we have little resources. I think we can prosper even though we don't have a high social status. I I really do believe that. And I think that's backed up. And what you said, how does that um, relate to sacrifice? I look to Jesus. Jesus was the most powerful, uh, well, he's the most powerful being in the universe, but he came down to serve and he uh, told us that the last shall be first. And if we are the ones to who are to be at the right hand, if we are the ones who want to have the most influence in our community, then we must become servants as well. Another thing I wanted to touch upon is I think that, yes, Jim Baker might have believed that God wanted him to have all this stuff. But I think with that, we must also come to a realization that in order to gain what God has promised us, what we feel God has promised us, we must rely on him. Here, it seems like Jim Baker is relying a lot on himself. And in that way, I think that's where the manipulation, the dishonesty, the fraud comes in because he builds his wealth being kind of dishonest, manipulating his audience that even though even though he's he's accumulating a lot of wealth for himself, he lives in a mansion on the property. Um, he's still t- self telling his his listeners and his viewers, hey, we're struggling with money. We need you to to double your donations. Uh, the way that he's using his wife and her emotional meltdowns to gain more money. It's just dishonest, and that's not the way that God wants us to build our prosperity. But we should uh, live out our life as God wants it, you know, by following his commands, being honest, and following the principles that he has for us in Scripture. So I think that's interesting in how the film portrays that. Yeah, and I think ultimately the film kind of shows how unsustainable this kind of Christianity is. Yeah, I mean, you see kind of Tammy Faye throughout the movie. It's like she she loses herself and her, conne- her connection with God because of this way that she's trying to live out her Christianity, right? Like she stops being able to hear God's voice. She she turns to pills and, and she becomes addicted. And it's like have, living a life where you feel like you have to constantly perform uh, and constantly have to go bigger and constantly have to pro- like prosper more and more in the material sense. Yeah is unsustainable and ultimately kind of takes away and, and draws away from who you are as a person and who who you are with God. And so, so like we see a transition between like the the innocent uh, Tammy Faye at the beginning, who's very earnest, who's very sincere, uh, to, she kind of like goes down a path where she feels disconnected from God. She she turns to, to, to drugs. And then at the end, it's like she's trying to find her reconnection again, but you can definitely tell that it's taking a toll on her. Uh, mm-hmm. and who she is. And so I think that's a, another point to take away from this is that like this type of Christianity um, is not sustainable and ultimately drains more than kind of gives and, and breathes life into into a person. Definitely. I think that th- that's portrayed well in the film because towards the towards like the last half of the movie, you see Tammy Faye pray in certain moments, for example, like right after she's unfaithful to her husband, she prays to God and she says, Hey, I can't hear you. Where are you? When the whole scandal goes down, she also prays and she says that she can't hear God. And right before her last performance, she has this prayer, which she says, God, I know that before 
I didn't hear you. And I, it was because I was not focusing on what I should have been focusing on. I, fo- I was focused more on my own image, on myself, and I was not exactly like lifting you up. So that's going to change. And I think that really, that really kind of reinforces what you just said. Uh, I think that's beautiful as well. I, I, I agree. I do think it's beautiful. And I love that the movie kind of portrayed some redemption uh, towards the end of, you know, there's, there's grace, right? Even if it, again, like I said at the beginning, maybe it wasn't made by Christian filmmakers, but even then they show kind of like a, they show an image of grace in that scene where, where she has another opportunity to connect with God and to connect with the Christian community after being shunned for, for some years. Uh, but at this, on the same token, I think the, I'm still confused about the last scene, to be honest, and the choices that they made uh, with, the, with that performance. But, but I yeah. really like that they at least emphasize that kind of image of, of grace and restoration to some degree. It kind of reminded me of Samson. You know, uh, he's blind now at the end of his life. He had kind of sold um, his, his, you know, God-given strength and, and the leadership that he was meant to have with, the, with his people. Um, he had kind of sold it away to the Philistines, and now he was a slave and he's blind, but he reconnects with God again. And he asked God, well, help me to one more time yeah. to glorify you, to honor you, and, and has that moment of redemption, even though it costs him his life. And it seems like they kind of do something similar with, with Tammy Faye here where, you know, you see definitely the results of what had happened to her. Um, but she has a moment of redemption and reconnects with God and says, Lord, I want to give you glory kind of one more time. I think all of this uh, is kind of like influenced by what, what goes around Tammy Faye, the events that are folding around her. I think, but I think one of the things that the film really touches upon, and that's the main thing that we learn about Tammy Faye is her about her genuine love and her genuine compassion that she has for other people. And I think the film portrays that as the most commendable and the most admirable aspect of her character. And I think this is something that is highlighted, particularly when it's put against the kind of zealous conservatism and uh, religious zeal of the people around them, not only Jim Baker, but particularly uh, Jerry Falwell, I think, the Vincent D'Onofrio, yes, Jerry Falwell Vincent Jr. D'Onofrio uh, character, because she's often advocating for, you know, for groups, um, for for fem- for feminism, she's advocating for, for gay rights, whereas everybody else is fiercely uh, condemning these groups and she is portrayed as always having compassion and genuine love. You know, she invites a uh, a gay preacher uh, to to give his testimony on TV, and she 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 breaks down emotionally because she's so affected by the story. And I think that is um, that's a really that's a really uh, powerful part of the movie for me. Just seeing how what really matters is our re- our our genuine love and compassion for pe- for people, and that's what sh- we should strive in our religious experience. I agree, man. I think that scene where she has, uh, yes, this, uh, this gay preacher who has been infected with AIDS on and interviews him, despite the pressure that they're feeling from outside sources that they, you know, need to walk the conservative, uh, evangelical, you know, anti-gay line. 
I found that one of the best scenes for that reason, for like what you're saying, that that show of compassion. And I think that's a huge takeaway for us from the movie. When we you know, can talk about like, how do we then apply some of these themes in our lives uh, based on really what the Bible talks about. And that I think to me was like the clearest image of like Jesus in the movie where, um, you know, people who are shunned, people who are looked down upon, Jesus would reach out to them and, and say like, hey, you know what? Um, there is love. There is love, and, and there is love for you in the midst of all the all the crazy things that are happening. And again, it reminds me of, in some sense, the woman caught in adultery, right? Like the whole, com- like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of condemned by the community, and then Jesus steps in and says, "Hey, do you not have sins too?" Right? Um, and then I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love that. I love that. And I think, to me, that's one of the best parts of the movie like you said and i'm glad you brought that out because i think that's that's something that as christians um we need to really champion and often we don't and, and the movie portrayed that very well often Definitely. christian leaders don't do a good enough job with uh with this aspect of christianity um, but we need to be we definitely need to be yeah, there's an element of of Christ in there and that she reaches out and she has genuine love and shows compassion to those who are shunned by the religious community where she where she uh, in in her environment. I thought that was very, very powerful. You know, at the end, as I said, I did not really enjoy this movie that much. And I was kind of struggling with what I am left with after watching it. But I think that is the main thing that I I think about when I think about this movie, it's a, a movie where in the end, what really matters is our genuine love for other people and how that is ultimately what shines through what people will remember about us. Yeah. And, and in that sense, the movie's a tribute to Tammy Faye, right? Because despite her flaws, yeah, she's portrayed in the positive light because of that. Like That's her redeeming quality, that she was sincere by the way that she loved people, uh, even despite you know, all the trauma and, and um, the mess really that, that happened with, with PTL and, and Jim Baker. I, I would say one of the big takeaways for me, just kind of, I sense that we're wrapping it up, um, is understanding what are my motivations in my Christian life and in my ministry? Are my motivations, like if I really sit down and analyze myself, am I more driven about what I can get from, you know, my Christian life? Or am I really driven by, like, I want to emulate God's grace for other people, regardless of what that may cost me, or regardless of that where it may take me, that I want to show and portray God's love for other people the way that I've seen my love uh, of Christ to me. And that's a takeaway for me as I kind of go away from the movie. Definitely. It's both a cautionary tale, but also an inspirational story. I like that. I think you're right. All right, so we will be back with more stuff for you guys. I hope you guys were able to enjoy it. Uh, please follow us on our platforms and any podcasting platforms, also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we will be back soon to uh, to talk more movies with you guys. Yes, we will. And uh, by the way, Andrew Garfield, with all these religiously themed movies, you notice that we already did Hacksaw Ridge and now we're doing this one. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, he seems to be in a tour of uh, Christian or religious experiences. And uh, maybe we'll, in the future, we'll see another one of his. Who knows? Definitely. I just found that interesting. On that note, uh, <laughs> kind of a weird note, 
Thank you so much for listening. Yes, please follow us on all the social media platforms or at least one. Reach out to us if you have any questions or suggestions. We'd love to hear those. And uh, we hope to put in another podcast for you soon.